To me, my podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Dom of X on a bi-weekly schedule. I am your host once again. It is Dom Torres here on the microphone with my co-host, who I... Actually, we all need to say this. It was his birthday not too long ago. Um, wish him a happy birthday on his Instagram or wherever. Dylan Gray, my great friend, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Hey, thank you so much once again for the birthday gift. You guys, he came by and gave me the new Dawn of X um, Wolverine action figure. Um, I feel like he only gave it to me because he bought the set and refused to have Wolverine in his collection. But, you know, either way, it was a really, really nice gesture, and he gave me exactly what I wanted to. But um, before we get into the podcast, we have news, don't we, Dominic? We, just before starting this podcast, came up with a new nickname for fans. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a Nightcrawler fan, congratulations, you're a creeper. Mm. You're a creeper. So we got bloodies, filthies, creepers, and X-23 and me's. And we're just going to keep the list going. If you guys have any other ideas for names that we can give our our stand, our X-Men stands, please, please, please let us know. Add us on all social medias. We want to hear them. We, we love it. You know, X-23 and me was uh, from one of our fans, uh, Dave Leskin, and he, he's a great guy, by the way. He is a great guy. Shout out to Dave Leskin. Shout out to every one of you who still uh, listen to the podcast, going in strong, having fun, talking about the X-Men. Uh, even though they're still technically in, in the time period we're at there, again, there are only two X-Men that exist on the planet, Scott Summers and Jean Grey, everyone else, well, they're mutants. They, they're again, they're no longer in the technical abiding node of being under the categorization. But anyways, that's completely besides the point. We're here to talk about a book that I've been wanting to cover Ever since its inception, because I knew from the onset with the creative team, uh, the intrigue and suspense behind it, uh, we didn't even know that this book was going to be coming out until literally, I think like three weeks, three, four weeks before uh, the original date, because Hickman and co, they kept it in the bunker for such a long time. Uh, We're going to be covering S.W.O.R.D. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, S.W.O.R.D. the I, I don't I don't know what the uh, I, I feel so bad because I should know what the acronym is for the station for the organization. Mike at the comic shop knows it. I don't remember. Right. <laughs> I, don't I, I can't think of it either. I honestly I never try to remember the acronyms. There's so many you just you can't like keep you up got with them. shield. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got like Marvel just has too many. We we just remember them as the. I remember, like, it was a joke in Iron Man number one. Uh, if you remember, I think it was Phil Coulson, where he was talking with Pepper, and he was, like, the strategic blah, 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 and Pepper's like, oh, that's a lot. He's like, yeah, we're working on it. And then Pepper tried to say it, like, at the end of the movie, and Coulson's just like, no, it's S.H.I.E.L.D., just, just stop. Um, and that's how it should be. We should we should just <laughs> remember everything by uh, these acronyms and... Uh, not by the i feel like oh i don't know if you know the full name i mean more more credit to you uh it's it's just a lot man it is just a lot uh especially when you're already we have too much information in our brain and i don't want to delete something on the hard drive just to get that information in you know (laughs) oh absolutely uh hard drive speaking of we need to credit the creators before we get into uh this whole entire uh shtick of 
not shtick, more like uh, masterpiece, because that's that's what this book is. Uh, I, I'd argue, love, love the again, love the creative team. Al Ewing uh, doing the writing, uh, masterwork over uh, at Marvel doing stuff like the Ultimates, Avengers, Immortal Hulk. If you have, if you guys haven't checked that out yet, uh, I'd argue you should. Valerio Skeety. Uh, who has vastly improved his art uh, since getting into Marvel and being recognized as a name uh, since uh, Brian Michael Bendis Guardians. He's the main artist for the book. He's joined by Ray Anthony Hype, Bernard Chang, and Nicoleone as fill-ins for some of the story in issue three. Uh, Marta Garcia, the amazing colorist who was the colorist for House of X and Powers of Ten, uh, is doing the art here for the ongoing. And Ariana Maher... Uh, one of my favorite up-and-coming letterers in the industry. Um, I, I think you remember my letterer rant a couple, not too long ago. Uh, where yes. it was just like, uh, where, where, no one no one cares about letterers. Well, I care. Uh, so I, I feel like it's important to... Me too. Attribute to. I don't know, all of them. They, they've all yeah, done let's, a let's, wonderful Let's job. talk about the letters. Let's talk about the letters on this book. Because I thought it was some really cool concepts they brought in um mostly you know the thing with dealing with x-men um is there's a lot of telepaths so you got to make sure that you have your telepath bubbles and, and work in the right way and i thought they did a really good job on that i also <coughs> really like the way that they the, i believe it was in the second or third issue there was a whole big like fight scene and there was like a, some narration over it but it wasn't in it wasn't in a box it wasn't in a balloon it was just kind of just placed strategically on the art and it looked really good and it made the flow really nice it, it kind of reminded me like not quite like saga you know how saga does the narration mm -hmm. yeah like with the scribble with the with the scratch writing but it was because it was it was like bold fonts and stuff like that but it was it was still really cool and i i, I love it when they are able to use uh, word words or uh, letters, excuse me, without word balloons and captions. I think that it's it's a very big art to make it work. Really, it does because you don't want to just sitting out there floating. It's got to be placed strategically. That means the artist and you have to work together, and you got to make it work. And they did. They made it work really well. I was really really happy with with the flow of, of the letters and everything. It was good work. Like I always say, you never know. You can't ever notice a good letterer, but you can always notice a bad letterer. <laughs> It's, Which it's is why true. good letterers don't get the credit that they deserve. It's the unfortunate part, but hey, we're here to to give a, a lot of that that love over to Ariana again, who I think has just done a terrific job with uh, what she's been handled with uh, in the X office. Just again, lots of lots of great stuff to uh, to go around as as far as that's concerned. But can we just talk about? Uh, well, first of all, there was an episode idea given to another. Uh, fan of the show my friend steven uh shout out to you steven if you are listening to this podcast listen to this episode uh shout out to you friend he talked about just how like the fact that this book has just so much potential it's just hard to not talk about all the cool stuff that it could do in the future the cool stuff that it could do with their characters you can i think you can literally talk to hey what do you think Sword's gonna do now? Are, are they gonna? Are we gonna go into Shi'ar space? Are we going to have a run-in with the Guardians? Um, do, like, what's the whole deal with the Kree Empire and the Skrull Empire now that they're bonded together since Empire? Um, there is just so much potential, 
an expansion that this book has in terms of bringing the mutant um the mutant cause the mutant agenda to all of the all of the marvel universe it's just it's just hard to not like uh not to go on and say what if ewing does this with the book you know yeah well here here's a really interesting thing and i thought it was it, it kept to um it kept to the original uh, sword and everything. And Abigail Brand is protecting Earth. Yes, she's working with Krakoa. She's Krakoan. But she's protecting Earth. She's doing stuff to make sure that Earth is okay. The Krakoans are just like her army, essentially. And I and I, I really appreciate that. you know. And they're bringing in some great characters as well. My favorite, One of my favorite X-Men was in this. Did you notice that? I did notice Random that. Random she- made an appearance, guys. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Random? Random is a guy that can turn his arm into a cannon. All right? He's a he's a Peter David creation from his X-Factor run in the early 90s. And he uh, I had the toy when I was growing up. Uh, I, I have a big fan of Random. And he didn't really do much uh, in these first five issues. In fact, he basically just made a cameo and like showed off his powers. But that's about it. But I have, I have high hopes. I want to see more random content. I know that sounds weird, but more <laughs> random content, please. And thank you, Al Ewing. We want more of it. I want to see him blow somebody up with his, with his cannon. All right. That's what I want to see. But back, back to it. Yeah. Did you, do you get what I'm saying though? Because yeah. the way like Abigail handles a few things, she, she's, she's protecting Earth. Krakoa is just like her bosses, essentially. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, or benefactors too. maybe would be a better word. Because they're not, if you if you read the conversation in issue one, I think it's clear that uh, she's not on the the same level playing field as Krakoa. Uh, Sword is there on behalf of it, not we're doing everything for you guys. We have our own mission. I think it's so cool because like. Worst comes to shove, I think there just sort of has to be some differences between what they're doing on Earth. Um, it's clear that like they want to expand the mutant cause, but at the same time, uh, it's it's not to the level um, or the same, I guess, agenda as the island has. Um, and I think that's pretty cool, just like having them sort of be semi-separate from the Earth stuff. Uh, with their own so say if you are not happy with whatever's happening on earth and you just want to read sword i think it works in tandem for you because if you're not happy with earth but you want to see what they're doing in space you get something different and i think that's that's really cool it's a it's a great angle uh for the book definitely definitely and al writes angel brand just so well so well i honestly think better than whedon there i said it I think he does a better do- job than Jaws Whedon, because Jaws made made uh made him her <clears throat> excuse me made her a little bit more like you know very almost like Fury very reserved barely said anything doesn't you know, wears sunglasses all the time doesn't like try to be friends with anyone but she seems a little bit more warm she seems she's still on mission and everything but she's she's more of a team player now that's that's how i feel at least what what was what were your thoughts on his writing on her i love the sort of again like like you said the reserve part a female nick fury for uh, lack of a better word i think it's great too because 
she's hurt. Like she's this. Um, it just seems like she just she just she's there. She's here to do her job, and it's gonna be on her terms. It's not like it's it's not like she's annoyed. It's not it's not any of that. You, you enjoy her because she's smug. Uh, she's very um. Uh, in and of herself but just just to the point where like you, you i don't know i i really like the way that she handled business like she's there for business and and that's mainly it but that i, I it was very enjoyable to read it with her as sort of the main player now of this book and business is booming i mean right off the bat they have to fight a, a symbiote uh, Elder God, like right off the bat, which was the tie-in to uh, King in Black, and I thought it was great. Uh, she she really handled it well, and it it was like it. See, that's the thing I also appreciated for Al Ewing. Like I read his, it was a tie-in for a, an event, but I didn't feel like I have to read all the other stuff to understand what's right in front of me. You know, that's the thing that I always say about event these event side stories is they need to be focused on the main title just with like a little bit of a tie into the rest of what's going on in the universe. You know what I mean? And he did that perfectly. I didn't need too much information. I just needed to see where, where these guys are going with sword. And this team is awesome. I mean, whiz kid, come on whiz kid. I love his introduction in, in the book where I think it was just like sucking a lollipop. He's like, hey, I'm here. Um... <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I love the dig where he's just like, fun fact, Cable named himself after a... Uh, he sees Magneto's like, oh shoot, Magneto's here. It It is a funny introduction. I love his I love his happiness. Uh, I, I love... Wizkid is awesome. I, I, I'm really digging the personality... Uh, Ewing's giving to a lot of these characters, and I can't help but notice uh, that that he's doing really, really good stuff with uh, with Wizkid. Yeah, but what was he gonna say? What was he gonna name himself after? What did they did they ever say, or is it was it just like a, a joke that never you're never gonna get the punchline for? Honestly, it could. I think there's something behind it because. If you've noticed, Al Ewing loves pulling lots of punches to old references in continuity. Uh, we'll talk about it later when we get to Cortez, when we get to Peeper. I, he, he is the ultimate continuity man. It's like somewhere stuck up in his brain, he remembers like this random issue from Uncanny X-Men a couple of, like all the way years ago. And then he puts it in this book. I feel like I, I, there's something there. I'm dumb enough, I'm too dumb to, like, understand it, but I know that there's a punchline behind, like, Cable named himself after a, a plug on the wall. Like, hope, I, I need to get to it. I, I, I ought to, there's something there. There's something there. Al Ewing loves doing all that sort of stuff where he ties in, again, like, old stuff to whatever he's writing, um, which you don't get from many writers yes. nowadays. I mean, per perfect example is what he does in immortal hulk i mean that is literally a book of the first i would say maybe 15 issues is just non-stop member berries you know what i mean it's just you remember this character do you remember this character do you remember this character and he does them in a way like where they're new but at the same time um like 
they're new, new ideas, new things, new characters, but at the same time being good to the source material. And, and Al Ewing is definitely like, he grew up reading comics and you can tell that, you know, and he loves, he loves the medium. And that's the fun part too, is when like you need, I'd argue the X office needed one of those guys, uh, pulled in that knew his stuff, knew what he was writing. Uh, Al Ewing is definitely that guy. Like if you're going to talk about a sort of, uh, historian for comics, who's, who has rate name recognition, he isn't like some, um, 40 year old, uh, middle-aged white nerd who just knows a bunch of stuff, but isn't recognizable. No, they actually got someone who's talented, who knows what he's doing. Um, perfectly it's just i don't know again it's just really a perfect fit i i love i want to talk about people for a second uh in the first issue where he's introduced uh to the team it is a i didn't even know this but like apparently it's all the way it goes all the way back to his time in the 60s uh during the stanley jack kirby x-men i believe uh where he and mags first meet up it's crazy, like, this guy pulled in a 60s X-Men character, or for, for the most part, anyways, and it's, it's bonkers, but it works. That's, it's funny you should say that, because, first of all, I didn't know he was from the 60s, but even with the way he was drawn and everything, he still, it had, like, a really old-school retro vibe, almost Kirby-esque, but, like, new-age Kirby, like, just the way that his proportions, his way his face was drawn, with the eyes and the bald head and everything, it seemed very Kirby-esque, you know, and so that, that doesn't surprise me, and, of course, if someone's gonna pull some obscure character, it's going to be Al Ewing. Wait, for, for whatever, hey, I... I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed where it was, I don't know. It was just like magnet, like these two old timers are finally back in the, the spotlight. And I'm, I'm glad cause, cause Mags and him are shaking hands. It's just awesome. He's, <laughs> I, I, I've honestly got, got nothing to say except for this. Uh, we have this one promotion I wanted, I wanted to do, we have the, as you all know, our fame commercial breaks. We're going to take one quick one right now. Then we're going to talk more about S.W.O.R.D., more about what's in the book, etc., etc., etc. So yeah, we'll be right back after these subliminal messages. Welcome back to the Dom of X. I am your host, uh, Dom Torres, as you as you all know. I, I'm here. I live. I'm in the flesh. I'm talking with Dylan. Yeah, we're we're here to talk more about Sword. Uh, and yeah, we we're we're back in business. I should say. I need to talk about the art, the costume designs, everything else in these these. I I, Valerio Skitty, dude. I I can't believe like. Because he was the main guy, he was the he was the artist for Empire. He's been uh, in the biz for a long time. Italian 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 artist pulled in by Brian Michael Bendis, I believe. Again, back in the early two thousand tens, he's grown a lot. I think if you if you look at his stuff, everything from um, the wide angles to the bigger than life panels, uh, the spread pages. It's, it's, this is like sword number one literally feels like house of X number one 
reimagined. It feels like the biggest comic since House of X number one. And I think a lot of that just has to do with Skeety being able to dominate um, the first however many or so pages. Because it is just absolute... Every single page is just absolutely breathtaking and stunning and beautiful. Definitely, definitely. And and his anatomy on people is great, very consistent, and it's it's beautiful artwork. And I didn't I didn't know he was the Empire X Men artist because I, I love that. No, book no, 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 no. The regular well, Empire so. doesn't regular surprise Empire me. Book. Those regular not the Empire. Oh, X-Men the regular time. Empire yes. book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't open. I didn't open that one. So I didn't. I no yeah, idea. it's okay. But um, <laughs> I, I, I might now. I might now know it after seeing this guy's art in this last one. So we'll we'll we'll. Ch- I might check it out. You know what? I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Just just for the art's sake. Just just for just for uh, research sake sake. If anything, but yeah, no. He he did a really 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 good job. I, I loved it. And um, he might yeah. He might I, be I my favorite Magneto artist. <laughs> In, in this era, like, maybe ever. The way that he draws Eric with the expressions, but also just, like, he's so... Yes! How can you not love it? <laughs> it's awesome! That That's something I that's something I wanted to bring up, too, like, when he was talking to Peepers, because he was smiling. The dude was smi- Magneto was smiling talking to a friend. That's pretty cool. And to, to draw Magneto smiling... You have to do it. It's a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, like he's happy, but you still got to draw that pain and that suffering that Magneto has been through from the, his decades and almost a hundred years on earth, almost a hundred years on earth. Magneto's an old motherfucker. Holy shit. A lot of these guys are old mofos. Uh, did you notice like Fabian, when he's talking in issue one, um, when he's, he's talking and he's just like and magneto catches him um i remember this i remember the ponytail don't remember your name um and he's like i it's it's some reference apparently like this this uh conversation is a reference to a 90s comic uh a a john Byrne jim lee I, I don't remember what I don't remember which specific one, but again, another deep cut reference, Al Ewing me. Um the expression where he where he gets where he's like uh uh that the blah 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 and then he has like this weird awkward grin. Um he's like the launch pad awaits, uh blah 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 council stuff. It's so good. It, there's there's just so many quirks I love about this guy's art. I I can't like the amount of the amount of adjectives I want to give to Skeety's art. Like it's endless, and that's that's how awesome it is. Totally, and his layouts. Oh man, his layouts are great. You know, it's it's. I find it it hasn't been happening uh, in past years, but. Um, when I first got back into comics, people were real like in the late 2000s, people were really like trying to do these new concept layouts and stuff. And, you know, the most important thing with writing comics is you got to make sure that people can read them. You want from you want to be able to like it's good to have like those high concept panels, but you also want to be able to keep it clear and easy to read and a good flow. And he nails both. He gets he gives us some new concept kind of panels. He he's working them in with the art and just the layouts and everything. 
um, it, it looked great. I actually read it digitally, so my experience was a little bit different. But I'm definitely going to my local comic book shop to pick up the trade because I, obviously I need it for my X-Men collection and my sword collection. But definitely, definitely was was uh, definitely really good, and I and I can't wait to see it printed. I am waiting. I am waiting uh, for the oversized hardcover of Sword when it collects issues one through twelve or whatever. Is this honestly, man? This art it deserves the oversized treatment. Like I want to be able to read those spread pages and just gape at it, like look at it and just be astonished. You know when I. Because I, I buy floppies, you know this, we both know this. Um, it was awesome, it was just enthralling, like I'm, I'm looking and you get, the six does this, and they they teleport, they bring in, and and every single page, like I just want to be able to look at and, and appreciate the art for what it is. Um, like freaking, you know the part where uh, we get introduced to the five. I did not expect, honestly, I did not expect the five to be in this issue at all. Or the, the series, because it's space-based, I guess you could say. But they came in here, and I I love I love the fact that Skeety drew freckles on Hope Summers. That, that, that is... It's, it's so minute, but I just love it. You know, that, that's the type of detail you don't usually get in other artists. I think it's fair to say. Definitely, definitely. It's it's the little things that you may not notice at first, but you see later is what, what I think makes a comic book like stand the test of time. It's always good to, when you reread stuff, to find some new stuff, you know? I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, reference Where's Waldo, but it's kind of Where's Waldo-y, you know, where, where you're looking for new stuff every time. And I feel like his his pages always have like little things here and there. There's a just a dozen cameos. He even had, I mean, the random cameo. He had Vanisher pop up for for a page, um, whichever Vanisher is a, a teleporter mutant from a really. Uh, I've only I know he's been around for a while, but the only time I remember reading him was in the Yost X Force run. Yeah, you got uh, the legacy charge. legacy virus in as well. He was a good main proportion of that. As I, I also yes. have to say, and also. Uh, yeah. Also got a tumor put into his head in the shape of the X-Men logo, mm-hmm. which is how they got him to join X-Force in the first place, yep. which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I think you too, you got, um, all right, another, another thing is from me. Number one, interesting that Skeety put, cause this is another cool thing I would also just like to reference because I love the fact that Hickman gave the go-ahead on all the artists for the for his line to do this. I love it when you as an artist can choose whatever costume you want to put into one instead of like people asking, why is X in this costume when they haven't been in it for like the last run or 30 issues or why did they change now? Hickman explained in the Giant Size Jean Grey and Emma Frost interview like he had with, I believe it was CBR, that... Every single artist can choose what costume to put their characters in if they're drawing a book. For example, if you wanted to put Cyclops in his uh, classic outfit, astonishing outfit, uh, you could do that. Um, I found it interesting that Skeety put Jean Grey in issue issue 5 in her 90s outfit. What I was more impressed by... Which is my favorite one. 
That's my favorite one, though. I love that. I'm not a big Jean Grey fan, but I love that. It brings back so much nostalgia. I think she looks so much more badass with those shoulders. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I love I love it. I love it. <clears throat> but you were saying? she He drew freckles on Jean Grey. That makes my heart melt because she has freckles. No one draws freckles on her. Do you have a thing for freckles? Hold on. Do you have a thing for freckles? No, 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 no. It's just, just like... Just because no, 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 you, want it's just... the, you want the Summers people to have... To have freckles. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will let the audience and you figure that out for yourself. Um, so no comment on that. <laughs> but I'm just going to say it's canon, a- guys. Dom loves frac freckles. All right, it's canon. It might be, might not be. Uh, we we shall we shall find out and see. Uh, other stuff I've noticed in this. Know what I want to find out. What do you want to find out? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, just ignore. No, go ahead. Go ahead with other stuff. You know, start with that. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. We'll, no. We'll I'm gonna. Later. No, I'm going to keep this in the pod just because I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm going to keep it there. We're gonna, we're gonna have Dim, Dylan stumble upon right. his words of well, misery and wisdom. If I'm gonna interrupt you, <clears throat> if I'm gonna interrupt you, and we're gonna keep it in. Then I have a question. Cortez sure. kept calling some people flat scans. What is I? I couldn't. I, what's a flat scan? I don't. I don't know what that means. Emma also called. I I can't remember if it was Christian Frost or Emma Frost and Marauders number eight, but they also call people flat scan. Is the derogatory uh uh word that mutants call humans? Um. So, like, if someone, if a mutant calls someone a flat scan, they're talking about humans in a derogatory way, or again with the, yeah, just just sort of that. Like, it is, uh, you do, you do. It's it's not a, it's it's a slang, for for lack of a better explanation, slang word to describe humans. Uh, Cortez, I remember him being in an, uh, I think it was the Planet X nineteen nineties episode. Uh, he called a bunch of those humans flat scan. Or not flat scans, but just like he had, again, like the mutant superiority, we're better than humans, we're here to take over the earth, etc. Um, sort of that, that that's where the motivation comes from, and that's that's what that, that word means. Um, it's crazy, too, because like I have read some fans, um, I'm going to call out names, but they have called other marvel titles marvel titles flat scan books because they're not x books which i'm just saying that's a big nice uh but yeah that is what the that is what the word means um a derogatory homo sapien essentially is that yep exactly there you go. Yeah, because I was super confused. And then, like, even Xavier, because Cortez is talking to the, the Quiet Council, and Xavier says, we don't call it, we don't say that here, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, what, is, what are they talking about? Who are they calling? What's a flat scan? Because, you know, we're, this is a sword book. So we're not just dealing with Earth. You know, we're dealing with the entirety of the Marvel Universe at this point, you know? It is, yeah. we. This is This is big. This is... It, this is this is big. This is bigger than us. Um, that sort of that sort of mentality. I also find it interesting that like Cortez's arc essentially he goes 
he goes from uh top high up he's the uh i i believe he was the executive producer of sword and he got taken out for an iraqi i find that interesting he was up high now he's he gets lower each and every single issue that he just seems to be in. Uh, I, it is an interesting character arc. I, I want to see where it goes. Uh, but but there is that. It's a... I'm talking to Magneto now. I'm stripped naked. Uh, no celebration for me when I'm resurrected. And I'm put on trial by the Quiet Council. He was. Well, he's, he's obviously... Uh, he's definitely a supremacist. For sure, he definitely does not. He he already just feels himself superior to other people, being a Cortez. Like, and I'm guessing what he was mentioning is like he's like the Cortez Cortezes, like the people that the Spaniards that traveled around the world, uh, colonizing places and and all that kind of stuff. So he he comes from just a, a real regal genocidal background. So there's a, there's this hint of superiority. So him saying flat scans. Him doing all this kind of stuff. It doesn't surprise me. But he's such a dick. And not in a good way. Not a fun dick. Like, I don't... I didn't think he was a nice guy. I, I appreciate his powers, though. His powers are pretty cool. Don't you think, Dom? They are really cool. Uh, it's just that I don't, I don't know if I want to root for him. I will say, though, that again, like I, like I mentioned Definitely earlier... Definitely not. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, his... The expressions that Skeety literally gives him in all his panels. I think if you go to his Twitter, too... He has the panel of there's like this one tiny panel where I think it's like it's an issue one and peepers and magneto are talking to him and like it's really tiny um and it's just like it's just like his dot eyes and dotted mouth and he has his hands in his pocket I don't know he's just cute in a lot of these panels like I'm, I'm not rooting for him but at the same time I can't help but notice that Oh, he's, he's so cute and tiny, and I want to squish him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I, I, I adore Skeety, man. Valerio is just on another planet with this book. Speaking of another planet, Abigail Brand ends an intergalactic war in this series. She does? She does, indeed. It's crazy, too, because, like, I... I kill for these sort of moments where like stuff is bigger than you stuff is bigger than whatever all of this is um dude brand is just so good at this book i i again like we talked about earlier you really can't help but like just appreciate what what ewing is doing with the cast but just also like she's she's perfect for the book she's already with sword um but he just writes her in such a great way that like you can't help but notice that I don't know she just has this flavor and personality to her that like when she does something like you always notice and you always just you just want to read more of it. Uh and and that's I it's it's a hats off. It's a hats off to Ewing. I I don't know what else to say besides that. She does end We're going to end wars. This is the book to end all wars, Dylan. Uh something that uh humans couldn't do in the 1930s. Oh my gosh, that was such a bad joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Terrible, actually. Terrible. Um, hope you don't get canceled. You guys, please don't cancel my friend Dom. Okay, sometimes he just talks out the side of his neck. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah. 
Abigail Brand's written well. The team is really awesome. And they're, they have a new... This was a new mutant. The, the, the guy with the dreads that his power is to bend space. He's not a teleporter. He talks to space itself and moves through it. Kind of like... So, like... He's kind of almost like a TARDIS, you know, from Doctor Who. He he's he's move he's moving the universe around him. He's not moving himself through the universe. It's really interesting uh, what he does there, and I really like this character. But I can't I can't remember his name. You know who I'm talking about? Cora, the Burning Heart, the Man, the Myth, the Legend. Yes. Now. Where did he? Do we know his backstory? Like where? No, not maybe. It was his first introduced. All all we know is that he's from Araco, and that has been a plot point. I have wanted the X office to move on. Um, I want more Araki. I want more Araco in these books because that island since Ten of Swords, since Powers of Ten, has been shrouded in mystery. We haven't gotten much of it. Now, Yui gets a chance to plot out his threads for what Hickman wants to do in terms of putting forth that island uh, with this character. Um, very, very cool design. Though. Like, that's all I got. Very, very cool intrinsic design, intrinsic character. Again, like I, I, I get it. it's a hats off. It's a perfect book, man. I. I, I can't help but it is. continue to praise what David did. I, I really love the design of the character. I, I love the I love the sword. I love the hood. Um the flames, the fire, the one that burns, the bur- the burning in the soul, uh reclaiming to Vulcan when he said, uh, this grill, it burns just like the fire that burns in my heart. I, I love the fire. I, I love the flames that stoke from this character, and I can't wait to see more of Korra in upcoming issues of S.W.O.R.D. or wherever else they may uh, appear in, in the future. Well, yeah, and once again, it speaks to the character writing of Brand, because uh, obviously she wants to, she doesn't just, the original Brand just worked with humans and aliens, but now she has access to all these mutants, and she's like, why am I just going to use Krakoans? I'm going to use Iraqis too. And those are, and they are, they, they are well, a little bit more suited, I think, to handle some of Brand's uh, plans and ideas, if I say, because she's a little bit more blunt with everything. She handles things a little bit more straightforward and, like, let's take care of shit by just murdering people, you know? Can I also say, her suit in issue five, where she, it's the green tuxedo with the tie and uh, the X um, on her car, like, similar to how uh, U.S. politicians have, like, the U.S. flag on their, same with, like, she has an, oh my gosh, she is such she's she looks so good. I love it. I I love legit everything about what's again more skeety um more skeety praise, but she just looks like she just wants to own the room. Like she's there because she means she means it, like she's there because she is she she is there to own the room and it's so good. I, I again I, I just I, I have no words but high adoration. It's it's just exactly. a good she, and, and goes goes back to the Nick Fury vibes that she that she puts out. You know what I mean? 
it, it's it's that you see them and you just know that you have to respect them. Same with Magneto. That's just there's a, a aura of respect that you have to go. Like I feel like characters like, for instance, Xavier. Like yeah, we respect him and everything, but you don't look at him like okay, I respect this guy. This guy is a badass. No, like, but with Abigail Brand with Magneto, these types of characters need to exude it, and they do. They exude the demand for respect, and I, I love that. Just, I just love that. Did you notice Magneto was in uh, purple in his regular threads in issue 5 of of the book? I have no idea if that was a colorist decision, I, decision from Ewing, wherever it may be. I think it was a Ewing thing because that I mean that's his his most well known costume and and Ewing's all about member berries so it, it does not surprise me. He's so I man I I want to know like do Krakoans look at naked mutants and just accept like I and no one's phased no one's phased on the like Kurt is it phased. Aurora isn't phased. Emma isn't phased. Magneto's just like, I'm, I'm going to smack you. No one is phased when he just comes in there. Na- no clothes. And he's just all his glory. And the, the shadows are all great. Uh, Marta Garcia, again, doing a fantastic job. Like, is the Quiet Council, is as Peeper, is Abigail Brand, um, or, like, do, are they comfortable... Are mutants comfortable with looking at other mutants naked? <laughs> Is that... Well, yeah. Well, think about Think about the kind of mutants there are. Like, look at Glob. Look at all this stuff. Like, honestly, a naked... A regular naked body is probably an upgrade to some of the stuff that they have to look at. You know what I mean? And I, I think, like, our big hang-ups on nudity come from us as Americans. Because most countries aren't crazy with nudity. Um... There's a book written by Stephen uh, Stephen Siegel, where he, he, he it's a it's a bunch of graphic essays that he writes about his experiences with nudity and not like a sexual thing. There's no sexual stories or anything. It's all about because he likes to go to like massage parlors and 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 uh, do swimming and uh, what's what was the other thing he does? Oh, um, um. Uh, sweat, sweat uh, like steam rooms and stuff like that. So, and he travels the world. So it's all the the different experiences. And like, we're just so hung up on nudity here in America. Like, like we're we're okay with violence, but we're not okay with titties. Like, I'll never understand that. We could blow someone's head off. Okay, that's okay for TV. But like a nipple, forget about it. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's there there are fair points uh, in what you just said. Uh, there's still a couple of things uh, I want to talk about in this book. A good couple of characters that we haven't gotten to yet. Frenzy, another character. I actually only know her because she was in love with my favorite character, Scott Summers, for a couple of issues on Uncanny X-Men. They called it off. Even Ewing made a reference to that when she said, I only ever loved one man. That one man is Scott Summers. And they, 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 didn't, they didn't last very long, but... I still find it cool that Ewing made a uh, made a reference uh, to Frenzy and, and her history with Cyclops. Um, I I also loved her in this book. I, I'm really happy she got a chance to shine. She she is the uh, mutant ambassador. I think which is fitting because I think I believe it was in the Alan Davis Uncanny X Men run. She was an ambassador. I can't remember if it was from or to Genosha, uh, but she's had history there. 
Um, I love the role she's in. I love her costume. Again, like the light sky blue. Sky blue is my favorite color in this world. Um, I just can't help but appreciate the threads and uh, the, the, the stuff that, again, Skeety has given her um, and Garcia over it. Uh, I, I really love what Frenzy has to bring in uh, with, with S.W.O.R.D. And, and this title. Definitely, definitely. I mean, <laughs> and he, what the funny thing about Ewing too is he's he his roster is probably so deep because he doesn't want your your main guys. He doesn't he doesn't want any of the big big namers. He wants to build characters from nothing, which is why it was so great to see him on this book because that's that's his shtick. He, he's he's gonna give he's gonna give us these deep cuts and he's going to. Uh, introduce us to new things that we haven't seen. Like I didn't know Cortez or Peepers. I didn't know these guys. I didn't. I didn't know um, Frenzy and and that backstory and everything. But now I want to. Now I want to look into it. You know. And now I want to read more. And I want to. Uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty awesome. He he's just such a good writer, and I'm really happy that he's on an X book. I am too. I don't know what conference. Actually, no. I take it back because Jerry Duggan posted a photo a black and white photo because he's, he's a photographer right he he posted a black and white photo of him uh and jonathan hickman at a writer's retreat in 2019 and that writer's retreat according to duggan was where al ewing pitched sword to jonathan hickman um I'm really glad you. I'm really glad Hickman brought him in. I, I, it's, it's just so I, I can't believe he actually pulled that guy in with uh, that level of star power to this book. I'm really happy that that they did that. That that Ewing and and Co got uh, got to do this book. Um, like, there's also one other thing. I think you also may have noticed it. Um, do you remember the part? I think it was, I believe it was an issue one where Magneto, um, well, someone talked about uh, Wanda Maximoff. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Brand. It might not have been. But and Magneto is like, oh no, the Pretender, um. I find I find that interesting. So he has no love for her anymore. He has no like that was his daughter for years, but he's he's got no love or anything for her right now. He's he's almost he's completely forsaken and shunned her. It seems like. May perhaps like I look at his that again. Skeety's emotions are great. I look at Mags and he's just looking down, and you can see like. The blood veins in his face, which is again, it's just so stunning. Um, the sort of pensive remorse. Um, he's closing his eyes, that white baldy head, and <laughs> he's so stricken. It's it's a it's a great panel, great emotions. Again, like Skeety, Skeety man, get a pay raise. Whatever Marvel is paying you, it's not enough. You need to demand more. Um. Did you know that Skeety is drawing Jonathan Hickman's and I think I think Hickman must have realized it because as Pepe Larraz is doing the regular X book with Jerry Duggan now, his schedule is all filled up. Um, I think Hickman was like, you know what? All right, so I can't I can't get 
Paper Laraz, so I'll just get the next best option. So he took Skeety from this book, and he's going to be working on Inferno with him, which I find hilarious, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be dope. I'm excited for Inferno. That sounds fun. It does. It does sound fun. And one last character, and I think we might might not go on the idea of see we I, that might be a multiple thing that Dylan and I might do at uh, somewhere like later. But right now we want to focus on sword. I'll, I'll put like with the ideas for future stuff in the book because the title just has so much potential. I'm thinking about doing something later down the line. But anyways. The I want to talk about Manifold because I think the way that Ewing wrote him in issue three uh, in the King in Black tie-in was also uh, also awesome. Um, just learning more about the character, about this guy who was introduced in Secret Warriors by Hickman, uh, Avengers, of course, by Jonathan Hickman, uh, putting him into a different light, putting him to a different perspective uh, as the King in Black rages on. I love what I love all the introspective that Ewing had has given um Ian and Fessy uh manifold as, as again as a character, as a person. Um just sort of deep stuff, deep rooted stuff that I wanna see more of in comic books, and I think it does it perfectly in the King and Black time. Yeah, Ewing Ewing's storytelling is 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 really, really, really good, and his character work is even better. And having him this is what i think all the ex office people should be doing is focusing on the characters like build that build all you have a huge roster of so many characters from from forever you 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 literally have an infinite supply of mutants so and to, to and he's even bringing in new mutants as well no not new mutants but you know what i'm saying um and so i i i, I like it i like everything uh, I like what he did with Manifold, like you said. I I loved what he did with um, oh, crap. What what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Is it Peter Gyrick? No. Yes, thank you. Yes, so it was. <laughs> yes. I I I'm really. Wait, you didn't like it. You didn't like it. No, no, no. I didn't. I did not say that. Dylan putting words into my mouth. How dare you? No, I I loved the Orcus integration with this book because I think they had to appear somewhere besides the regular X Men book. Obviously, it's here. Right, because it's space. It's space. It makes sense. We're we're probably at. You're right. I think we're gonna see uh, some more Orcus vs V Sword action going on. I want to see that. I also want to uh, want, want to see what he because I think I need I need to catch up on Immortal Hulk. Uh, that book is almost ending. I, th I believe we're at I think issue forty eight came out. This, we're recording this on the ninth, the ninth of July, ninth. Uh, the seventh uh, of July. The issue forty eight came out. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the omnibus. But I also have Marvel Unlimited, so I could read it on there. But I'm not a big digital guy. But I need I need to catch up on Immortal Hulk because I I know that Gyric is very involved and level headed with a lot of that. Um, and the last thing, the designs. Oh my gosh, Tom Mueller, the again the unsung hero of the X Men line of these X books. That first page where you're sucked in and you just see like this beautiful drawing of the world and this watery orb 
and has a sword logo and says this is what comes next. His book perfectly encapsulates uh, what Jonathan Hickman's X-Men is, the grand scope, the feel, the aura, uh, the uh, level of astonish astonishment in terms of how big and how grand it is. But at the same time, um, everything in this, like, it's just so intricate, uh, the character work, uh, the story, where Ewing is going with it, all the potential that this book has in the future. I can't wait to cover the Gala issue. I can't wait to read the rest of the series. I hope this book lasts for 25 to 30 issues. I hope they don't cut it to 12 or 15, God forbid. This book needs to last a long time. I think Ewing has a lot of grand ideas and um, Marvel better let him run wild with his crazy mind. Well, the only way to do that, bro, is to make sure that you guys go to your local comic book shop and buy the book. That's it. 99% of the reason that comic books are canceled is because of sales. Believe that. Believe that. There's no other... That's mostly it. Then sometimes, you know, people getting canceled and yada, yada, yada. But it's mostly almost purely from the sales itself. You got... I, I agree with Dylan, guys. Head to your local comic store. Go to that... Just, just look up at comic stores near me, or I think there's a website. You can go to it. Go support local businesses, guys. Uh, we are literally almost out of this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, stuff in California has reopened. Every Everywhere, I think, has reopened. Um, now is a, yeah. that, that was the best time. Literally, it is the best time. Stuff opening. We're all back. or hopefully getting back to our normal lives. Go to your local comic shop. Go buy Sword. Um, go gas for back issues. Help like let's let's keep this book running because I yeah because with Hickman being off X books for two months I need to find I needed to find a new favorite book and this ah, I think it's safe to say it is it is literally my new favorite book it's perfect I I have Ewing's good man I I don't know what to say I feel like I've I fawned for Ewing yeah. for the last fifty or so minutes but it's worth it it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it he's he's earned the praise to say the least he has indeed. Earned the praise, but anyways, again another shout out to Ewing, Skeety, uh, the rest of the fill-in artists, Leon, Height, Cheng, and Garcia, Ariana Mar for giving us an amazing book, and Dylan, uh, thank you for letting me in your live it live stream, your group chat, or whatever this new thing is called. If you're listening live, um, if you're not listening live, uh, I would like to thank you for being my amazing co-host as always and um for accepting my thank you dude accepting my gift of the wolverine actually believe it or not i actually i have two wolverines it's just that the shop gave me an extra one because it's included with the set but i still paid for it so there's that ah uh, oh okay so i knew there was something <laughs> no i'm just joking i'm just joking i still would have given it to you regardless because i i already i have my cyclops and and my gene gray I'm set. I have all the other ones too that are cool. I have, yeah. Um, I have no need for Wolverine on my bookshelf or my toy collection. So I hope you enjoy the gift um, from the bottom of my heart. And yeah, I appreciate uh, you being in this live streamo, as always. Yes. No. Thank. Thank you so much, Dom. I always, always a pleasure talking comics and and getting me to read. I have. I've been. I've literally not been reading that much lately and uh that's why i like doing these podcasts because it gets me to open up a book um so thank you and al ewing keep 
kicking ass, dude. We are loving you over here, all right? We are indeed loving you. Anyways, guys, until the next episode of Dominex, we'll be covering the Hellfire Gala because there is a lot of stuff I want to talk about uh, in terms of all of the books, all of the stuff, all of the tie-ins, um, or chapters, I guess you could say, because whatever. Um, stay safe, guys. Get vaccinated ASAP. I want to be done with this thing ASAP. Uh, all of us want to be done. Stay safe again. Uh, you be you. And have a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. Keep writing those X books and have a great day.